Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Millennial Perspectives. We are back after a hiatus. I am Kyle Kekka. I'm Tony Tedisco. And we are your favorite podcast. Now, we got a lot of stuff uh, planned for you guys today. Um, and we're going to do a couple podcasts uh, back to back to back, and we're going to be releasing them over the next couple weeks. Um, this is our winter edition, and we are very excited to uh, to uh, you know, drop these for you guys. Yeah, yeah. We're going to explain a little bit at the end how the show is going to continue moving forward, but we do have a three-episode special, and this is episode one, so we might as well get into it. So, Kyle, what are we going to be talking about today? So, today, I'm going to give you guys the rundown. Uh, you guys know our regular listeners. We usually start with a political political segment. They usually last about anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes on average. And then we go into talking about stuff like technology news, you know, what's going on in the tech industry, um, any new music that we found. Uh, as you guys know, me and Tony are very different in terms of what we like uh, politically and yes. and musically and stuff like yeah. that. But that doesn't mean, mean that we're not good friends. Um, that's kind of the point of this whole show. Um, and then we're also going to be talking about our thought of the day. And our thought of the day today for this episode is going to be regarding uh, one of Netflix's most popular shows, Black Mirror. Yes, that is correct. So it's been on a trend, but we'll get to that at the end. Mm-hmm. So for today, we're going to, for our political segment, we're going to be talking about the tax bill. And Kyle <sighs> actually loves this tax bill. Isn't that right, Kyle? Uh, nothing could be further from the truth, my friend. <laughs> All right, why don't you start us off, Kyle? What do you think about this? Tell All me what right. you got. So uh, for those of you who do not know, uh, the the tax overhaul that was passed in mid December uh, in Washington is the largest tax cut in modern history. You have to go back decades to find a tax cut that was bigger than this one. Um, it was a 1.5 trillion dollar tax cut that went to President Donald Trump's desk, and he signed it into law a few weeks back. And uh, contrary to what Tony just said, I'm pretty sure you <laughs> could uh, say that he was saying oh that jokingly. Um, I, I do not really agree with this bill, and I'll, I'll give my opinion why. And then once Tony gives his opinion, we'll, we'll just kind of you know do a friendly debate and just go from there. So I have a couple articles pulled up that I've researched from this bill. And uh, and like I said, it's a $1.5 trillion tax cut. That's trillion with a T, not billion. That's small money right like there. Like Tony. Yeah, like Tony. <laughs> now... The GOP, now, we are trained to believe as Americans that tax cuts are always going to be a great thing. That means that, you know, if there's a tax cut, you don't have to pay as many taxes. Uh, you know, there's not much, you know, as much money coming out from your wallet. Um, and you'll be able to live better lives by saving that money in your wallet. Now, me being, a you know, a staunch liberal, I kind of agree with tax hikes when it needs to be. Because I feel like, um, you know, when you... When you increase taxes on people, yeah, it, it gives people less money, but you, you also get what you pay for, which means a better infrastructure, better school systems, and just a better overall country. Now, tax cuts are necessary at some times. You, you know, when the economy is doing bad, you want tax cuts um, in order to make sure that people um, have enough money to spend and that you know to kind of infuse into the economy. Now, our economy right now is doing very well, and Republicans. They they still passed this tax cut, and yeah, I mean you'll you'll save a, you know a little bit of money here and there. The average tax cut that Americans will see will uh, according to the Tax Policy Center, which is nonpartisan, is about nine hundred and thirty dollars per year. Now, Americans would love to see an extra thousand dollars in their wallet, obviously, mm-hmm. but the main problem that I have with this tax cut 
is that it's very, very disproportionate. And what I mean by that is that it is a rich person's bill. Um, the, the, the average $930 that you'll see in your wallet by the time the year's over uh, pales in comparison to the average $51,000 tax cuts that Americans will see that are in the top 1% of earners. Um, and overall, according to a Time Money article, the 1% of the country will, re, uh, will reap more than 20% of the total value of the tax cut. And if that's not disproportionate, I have no idea what is. That's basically saying that even though that $1.5 trillion in taxes are going to be cut, most of that or a substantial portion of that is going to go to the rich class. Um, and there's not a whole lot of Americans that are in that class. We're basically, you know, a country that runs on the on the uh, strength of the middle class. And fundamentally, I don't I don't really agree with that. I think that it's just a bill where um, you know Republicans felt like they needed to get something done because, in my opinion, in 2017, once Donald Trump took office, they didn't really get a whole lot done because you know they had you know controversies left and right, um, and they felt like they needed to get something done. And Republicans do feel like this bill will become popular once people see that the tax cuts go into effect. But, you know, you, you look at any survey, um, and this bill is deeply unpopular among Americans. I think I saw this survey that said that 33% of Americans favored the bill, while 52% didn't. And that's mainly because Americans don't want the tax cuts to all go to the wealthy. And um, that's, on a, on a fundamental level, I just do not agree with that. I feel like the, you know, the wealthy people in this country, they, they already have enough benefits given to them, and why give them, you know, a lot of tax cuts, um, you know, on the back of the middle class? I just don't really get that. So that's kind of my philosophy on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, there is some points I actually agree with you on, okay. but uh, I think we will view the different points that you have made differently. So Kyle really explained that bill pretty much pretty well. Um, and what Kyle said about the rich getting technically more, it's like a rich man's, but I don't agree with that term, but technically he's correct. Like the rich are getting richer, but not really in that sense. So that's a lot of terms that people on the left like to use. Um, and the reason that is, is because the rich are getting way more in tax cuts than the poor because they pay more that the rich, the top 20% earn 51.3%. If you want to be accurate, 51.3% of all income in America. The top 20% pay about 84% of all income tax, according to the Congressional Budget Office. So you can't cut taxes away from people who aren't penny, paying any. So if you're really low, you're not going to get as much of a tax cut as people who are paying up here in the top 1%. It just doesn't make any sense because you don't have the money. you know. So that's one of your things where it's like technically you're right, but you just don't have... You can't take away from what someone doesn't have, you know. I so that's where I'm viewing it. But technically, you are correct, you know, with the how that's going to go. And you know, there's just a since Kyle really explained the bill, I was just gonna go over a few misconceptions. Like Liz Warren, who Kyle probably really loves. Woo, go Warren. Um, uh, she uh, to quote her, she said, "We could totally forgive every penny of student loan debt." with the amount of money congressional Republicans are using to slash the corporate tax rate, right? So that's a quote. That's exactly what she said. Uh, basically, in other words, why are we letting some people keep their own money when we could be giving other people free college, right? Yeah. Um, which I don't agree with. When you sign on a dotted line, anything that you borrow, you must return back. So I, this is just misconceptions or some things that I've seen. So it doesn't make sense why you would want to use all that money to, that you've stated to pay back all this college debt when it's like you've signed online what you borrow you have to pay back and 
not to get offline, but we don't agree on the free college sort of thing, but like mm-hmm. that. Um, you didn't mention, though, in the tax thing, there was a lot of uh, controversy with this on the left. Um, there was a private jet owner's tax break, right? And a lot of people are like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> there's a tax break for rich people who can't afford a private jet, right? And, like, on the surface, I can actually see this. It's like, you know, a rich person wasn't able to buy a, a, a private jet, boo-hoo, right? Like, I don't even care. Let's just be real, right? Um, but if you look at it from a different perspective, million perspectives, right? Um, um, it's it's I just don't see it that way. So the problem is, if the rich person couldn't be able to buy a jet before this tax bill was passed, then the salesman didn't sell a jet, then the manufacturer didn't move a jet, and then their employees didn't make another jet. And eventually, if this keeps happening often enough, then that the, that whole system falls apart and people are out of business, okay. right? Um, and then a lot of things that you said, or well, actually you didn't say this. I don't want to put words in your mouth. I'm sorry. But uh, okay. um, people have said that tax cuts are expensive, which makes no sense to me. It does. Um, I don't know if you agree with this or not, uh, but I've always agreed because you think that taxes should be put into something like the system. More money goes in. You get what you pay for, right? Mm-hmm. Which I don't agree with that because basically if we can find some middle ground, we want to achieve the same thing, which is money flowing into the economy, right? Mm -hmm. And you want to do that, well, not you personally, but your ideology is you want to do that through taxing people and improving America, so to speak, Mm -hmm. right? Whereas I think that we can achieve the exact same thing. So you're saying like, oh, people would like $1,000 extra in their pocket. I would think so too. So why couldn't we be able to achieve the exact same thing, but with what people would like to spend it on? Because there are a lot of things that the government taxes is on that people don't use Mm -hmm. or even want so i think in theory some of the things that you want like yeah we should pay these taxes to do this but there's a lot of things that people don't agree with and they're paying for it anyway i I mean you know for instance like obamacare you know a lot there are certain things for it that's controversial i know we're not trying to get into it but that's just an example um so and you were right um, about the tax bill and stuff like that. I mean, just to kind of go through it real quick before we start to go to the debate, um, a little bit more on it. He's right uh, on how the tax bill is going to increase. Uh, what did you say? You're going to increase uh, the money for the rich and all that stuff. But I would like to point out some positives. Uh, the overhaul would nearly double the, deduc- the deduction for individuals and families. So, like, for example, individuals would go from 63000 to 12600 Married would go to 12700 to 24000 So that's a big bonus for a lot of people. Um, it also collapses the seven tax brackets down to three, so 35 25 10%. Uh, um, the corporate ca- tax rate would actually be cut from 35% to 21%, which is, I mean, especially for my parents, that's a big deal. And for corporate and small businesses, I mean, they're saving so much money. And when they save more money, they're able to employ more people. They're able to expand their business, which is actually helping the economy overall. Mm -hmm. So you want them to be able to spend more money on things like that and build their business because they employ people, right? Mm -hmm. So even though people are really hashing on businesses, um, you know, so that's really where I'm at. And you already said that's like the largest tax cut in American history. So, I mean, I mean, going into the debate now, uh, I'm just going to try to find some middle ground because normally what we do on the show, we kind of like exchange ideas. Mm-hmm. And I want to see if maybe 
I want to know if there's a solution that maybe we can think of that could mend this, because I think the world is really divided on Republican and liberal, and I think we really need to come together because we want to achieve the same thing, mm-hmm. which is to grow the economy through the because spending money and the taxes and all that stuff increases money flow through that, which helps, yeah. right? So I think we just differ on how we want to do that. So I don't know if you could think of any other solution or if there's anything you object or... Well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, because Republicans and Democrats differ so radically on how to improve the economy, whereas liberals believe that that tax hikes are sometimes necessary in order to improve the overall... Yeah. structure of the country. Republicans usually like to cut taxes in order to, you know, save uh, on a microeconomic level people money and that will spur economic growth because more people will have money in their pockets. Correct. But the only problem with a bill of this magnitude is that because the tax cuts are so drastic, it could actually backfire because okay. the way that the tax I, I think the actual term is ta- uh, the the tax cuts and jobs acts or or, or something May, like that. I, 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 I think that's what it's actually I, called. Everyone just calls it the Trump tax bill or whatever. Yeah. So and it, this will actually this bill is so drastic for tax cuts across the board, especially to the rich, that it could actually backfire in that the government will have to end up borrowing even more because this tax cut will add so much more money to the federal deficit, which. Republicans always are saying it needs to shrink. It does. There, this this bill is only going to increase it over the next decade. Well, yeah. so the the only thing is that is that this bill is is so drastically big, and it's not even permanent either. The only thing that's permanent is that the corporate tax rate is going to go down by almost half, which is good. By by well well to me, by 2025, the tax cuts on middle class families is going to expire, and. Because the government by that time is going to have to borrow so much that interest rates are going to have to go up, and that will constrain you know private companies' abilities to raise money and and all that. So like with your saying all that stuff, because like I think we agree, everyone thinks that we need to stop borrowing money, we need to decrease the deficit, right? Yes. So we could find that middle ground, right? But I think it's kind of ironic because. Um, Based on uh, situations with the left, they tend to want to pay for a lot of social programs and stuff like that that are unnecessary per se. I mean, there are some things that I agree with on the left socially, because I, mean, mm-hmm. I think some of them are needed, but that is causing the deficit to rise as well. So it's interesting to actually hear you say that you want to decrease the deficit in the Trump tax bill. Um, I didn't uh, go that far into see the 25 expiry date, but I think that um, overall... Um, with everything that's going on, I just don't think that, though I do not think this bill is perfect, I'm going to say that. I do okay. not. I think it does have its faults. I, do, I mean, you have stated some things. I mean, different views on it. You know, the bill is so complicated, we couldn't go over it completely, you yeah. know. Um, and we're not really so affected by it, you know, because of where we are, but yeah. we are to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think that maybe we need to find some middle ground eventually. Yeah. Um, and I think the problem with the conservatives and the left is that they want to achieve the same goal, but they have different ways of going about it. Yeah. And I think um, if, you know, because we're going to move into the next segment here, mm-hmm. uh, but I just want everyone to know that what me and Kyle really want to get across here is that though Kyle's more on the left, I'm more on the right, that we don't want to divide each other. I think that we should come together and actually come up with solutions because when you just argue with people, you're not listening. You're not listening for a solution. And I think what me and Kyle represent here is something truly great. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually very, uh, you know, happy and, you know, lucky to call Kyle 
a friend, you know, a best friend. So I think that we could all learn something from this in our discussions. And I think it's just great. And I kind of wanted to say that to you, man. Yeah. yeah so yeah, I, I, I hey. really appreciate it. And I really appreciate everything you do. So okay. I just kind of wanted to say that. I love it, man. Yeah. Hey. All right. No, so. hey, no it's, it's uh, no. And, and what he said was totally correct. I, I think that, you know, once we, once this starts to become more of, of a thing, I think people start to listen to each other. And, and yeah, and, I think and, it and just needs good. to die down. Everyone's in politics, but Anyway, we're going to move on to our next segment here. Um, we're going to go into... Do, do, you want to go into uh, technology? You want to go into technology? Yeah. yeah. So Kyle's got some... Uh, I'm really excited to hear what you <laughs> think, Kyle. I'm really yeah. excited for your technology. Tell us what you got. So <clears throat> uh, I know Tony's a, a huge fan of this. He actually uh, he actually helped me do this uh, entire process. And without his help, I don't, I don't know what phone I'd have right now. <laughs> but for the last two years, I had an iPhone 6, and it was great. I loved it. Um, it did a lot of good things for me. Um, I love the iOS operating system. I, I, I think it's I think it's good. Um, but I made a switch uh, shortly after Christmas to go to the Google Pixel 2, um, which is obviously a much different phone. It operates on Android um, on, on the uh, the Android operating system. It is a Google phone. It's not Apple. Um, and I you know honestly I've only had it for about two two and a half weeks, and I love it. It is amazing. Um, I have always been one to not really kind of understand why people are in tribes where it's like either you're an Apple person or you're an Android person. I, I can I can see both sides. I, I you know to to me the beauty of iOS is that it's so simple. Yeah. I think that if you just want a phone that does enough and looks aesthetically pleasing because the I mean because every iPhone is beautiful. I, I mean I can I, it's, agree with that. It is fantastic. It's visually stunning. The, I mean, and and the thing that does it for me though is that Android. If you want your phone to do more, you have to go with Android. Yeah, it's definitely. it's so much more. I think modern to me, where it's, it's like it does so much more and it has so many cool features. It's and more I, like I a computer it. in your hand. Exactly. It's, I think, and you know, just kind of going off yours, and you love your experience. I think that if you have an iPhone and you're like, oh, I'll never do an Android. I think the Google Pixel is probably the best option for mm -hmm. you because, I mean, I know about the Google phones. I have one, too. You get the mini. I tried to get you to get the bigger <laughs> one. Um, but I think that's awesome that you've made that switch, and a lot of people won't do that. And I think you're right. You're either an iPhone or an Android person. But yeah. you, you did the switch. You've done both even yeah. before and that's probably you've had an Android before your iPhone, right? I have. I did have the Google Nexus and, 5 before and my is iPhone. is that one better? It, you know, it honestly is. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to give a very mini review for it right now. It's very fast. Um, it's got a great camera. It's probably got the, the best it, camera on the market right now. It's got the best camera. Yeah, across, you know? across yeah. all the spectrums. And it's got really good battery life. There was actually a, uh, a test happened where um, where this, some, some rating company, I forgot which one it was, lined up a lot of different phones, and the Google Pixel 2 actually had the, the longest battery life really? by running the same wow. applications. Wow. And Tony's been pressing me on this. You, <laughs> can actually, you can actually open the phone by pressing your fingerprint on the back of the phone. And is it more comfortable than the is, front? It is so comfortable. It is incredibly fast. I love it. It's got great storage capabilities too because of the Google Cloud feature oh, where your pictures can be unlimited. backed up. Yeah. It's unlimited. So let's uh, – what would you give it a, uh, out of 10? Honestly – On a scale of 1 to 10. You know, honestly, I would give it a 10 right now. Right. Although – as it goes on, it's probably going to deteriorate a little bit, a little like bit. every yeah, phone. I mean, but right like now, every phone. Yeah, yeah, but right now I'm very happy with it. I haven't dropped it once. Wow, it's well, been well, good. Well, that's good. You have yeah. a case on it, so that's yeah. good. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad that you tried that out. Um, for me, I actually have another Google product, which is the Google Mini. Ah, yes. Um, which is if uh, it's a uh, Google's try at like an Amazon Alexa, um, and I think it's doing great. Actually, it's really sleek. 
and stuff like that. It's like this cloth little thing. You can get it in white, black, or like this <laughs> reddish one. I've, I've even thought about it. Like, man, man, should I get one of this? It's really good for home automation. I'm like, <laughs> like, will I use it though? Um, and they're even saying it's about the size of a donut. Um, oh, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I thought, though, it really, especially with people with Google in your, uh, phones or stuff, it works even better. Um, but I thought, like, I would go down the list of this stuff that you could do. Like, it, there's so much stuff. But, like, the main things, you can, like, find my iPhone. Like, it'll turn your ringer on if you don't know where it is. You can do set timers. You could do uh, news by voice on your TV. You could turn, like, your lights on and off. You can enable night mode. You could do whatever you want mm-hmm. with it, basically. Um, though it's still a new product and Google still has a lot to learn because I know Alexa has a few more features. I think that like people should start looking into it more because, um, as we'll talk about um, later, maybe uh, AI is just getting way advanced here. It I is. mean, that's I mean, it's incredible how these things are doing. Like, you can just say, "Hey, turn off the lights," and they're just gonna turn off the lights. Mm-hmm. Man, we're getting lazy. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, and I can I can actually vouch for how cool this thing is. I, I don't I don't know as much about it as Tony does, but um, we when me and Tony went into a Verizon store about two weeks ago, we saw the Google Mini in person for the first time. Yeah, and it is. It is so cool. I mean, it's it's you can you can hold it in your hand. It's so modern. Yeah, it's about and, like what do yeah. you think, like four inches, like diameter. Yeah, yeah you can like easily that. hold it in the palm of your hand. Yeah, so that's great. <coughs> and um, I think you guys should really keep an eye on Google on um, their products at least because you know some of their like with YouTube and stuff like that they're not doing so well. But uh, I'm really excited to get into our music, uh, yeah. Kyle. I don't even know what you're doing for your music segment right now. Yeah, you know I. Um, you know, ever since I've been on winter break, I've gone on a musical excursion. I've really had nothing to do, so I've been listening to a, a lot of cool new music and a, oh. um and, and really a lot of cool uh, new singles too. There haven't been a, a whole lot of um, actual full length projects that have dropped. And as as many of you know, I'm a huge hip hop fan. I, I love rap. It's probably my favorite genre ever since I was probably an eighth grader in junior high. Um, and I, I've really come to respect it a lot. And there have been a lot of really cool singles that have come out in recent weeks that I'm going to tell you guys about right now and in the next two episodes. So um, Kendrick Lamar and SZA, who are both uh, very good artists. Kendrick is probably my favorite rapper right now, I'd say. He's he's amazing. Um, and, and SZA, who is a, a new up-and-coming um, female hip-hop artist herself. Rock beat SZA. Yeah. <laughs> so <I can. laughs> um they released a new song, and, and they're, they're signed to the same record label. Uh, they released a song called All the Stars. And uh, All the Stars is a very, very amazing song. For those of you who, who love Kendrick Lamar or SZA um, and have not heard it le- yet, definitely give it a listen. It's It doesn't really go hard. It's more of like a melodic beat. It's very soothing. It's something that you can listen to it like right before you go to bed. Like it's something that just could, you know, puts you into a, to a really chill mood. Um, I really like their chemistry on it. Um, so definitely check that song out. It's called All the Stars by Kendrick Lamar and SZA. Now, Tony's going to love me for this. Uh, I'm is, excited. I don't a know what you got. Finesse. Oh, the, I the, love the, that the remix. song. <laughs> me, me and Tony were driving a couple days ago, oh. and we were we were jammed to that song. Yeah. The Finesse remix, which already has 50 million hits on YouTube. I, I you know, honestly, I even like the original, too. Yeah. Uh, but the remix with who is it? It's, it's, it's the Bruno Mars and Cardi B. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> now, I honestly, I mean... I I am actually somewhat of a fan of Cardi B. I I I think she's she's a pretty. I mean she she has talent. I think she's got a good vibe to her. Um, but obviously I love Bruno Mars. I, I've loved him ever since I was you know probably yeah. what maybe in junior high. 
Um, the the finesse remix. For those of you who have not heard it yet, it is so 90s. The vibe is incredible. The YouTube video is so 90s. They're dressed in like all these colorful kind of jean outfits they and did stuff the, like uh, that. They did like a living in color thing. Like that was a throwback to it. If yeah. You watch the end. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. No. It is. It is a great song. It's so fresh. Um, it's something you can really jam to the car and, you know, jam in the car too, like me and Tony did a couple days ago or, or, or just, or just whatever. It's such a good song. Definitely recommend that. Um, and then just one more, uh, point before Tony gets to his, uh, music. Um, there was an album that dropped a couple days before Christmas and it's called Huncho Jack, Jack Huncho. What? (laughs) Huncho Jack, Jack Huncho by, uh, Travis Scott and Migos, um, uh, icon Quavo. And there's a lot of really good songs on there for those of you who like Travis Scott or Quavo, um, two of the most, uh, you know, two of the hottest names in hip hop right Isn't now. Isn't Quavo eggs in Spanish? That's Quavo. Oh. Quavo. Quavo offset and takeoff comprise Migos. I'm going to call them eggs. Okay. <laughs> um, definitely recommend the song uh, Motorcycle Patches. Uh, that is a great song. You can vibe to that definitely. Um, Saint is also a great song. Go is also good. Uh, they all go hard. Um, so definitely recommend that project if you have not heard it yet and if you are a hip-hop fan. So, Tony, want to take it away? Uh, yeah, I, a lot of people wouldn't expect me to listen to Bruno Mars, but I think he does a good job of clashing both new and um, old hip-hop styles, mm-hmm. even though I'm not really a hip-hop fan. Uh, but anyway, getting into it, um, I think for all you people who like classic rock, metal, even in, to the very like extreme metal, if you want to call it, mm-hmm. um, I you know starting at the show i was very strict on my metal like i only listened to like the oldies like black sabbath metallica and i still do i mean i still do uh but i've tried to uh broaden my horizon here and i found a new band uh not new but like for me new and it's called trivium and i uh, was first introduced to their new album uh it's called the sin in the sentence and i think they combine they're kind of like a more intense disturbed and i i think i like them a lot better the the vocals are a little like uh kind of like an avenged sevenfold type of vocals but they have that screaming in there which i like some people do some people don't yes um some of the highlights i would like to uh to list are the actual title track which is the sin in the sentence and i can tell you hands down I have never whipped my head so hard to a song. I have people <laughs> who can vouch for that. Me? Um, you, well, you weren't there when I actually, like, full-blown. Um, oh, yeah. I know a few people who can, like, vouch for me there. Um, then, like, the next song right off the album, it's called Beyond Oblivion, which takes, like, uh, it's still very hard, but it's got, like, a softer tone, and it's, like, it's really nice to the ears, even though it's metal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would think that, and then Beauty, I think it's Beauty and the Sorrow, is the next track, and I thought that was actually a very beautiful track, and a lot of people don't think that metal could be beautiful like that, but I think that if you're interested in something like that, or if you've even heard it, if you're listening to it before, uh, you got to tell us what we think, you know, on our webpage or whatever, if you like it or not. Um, I personally think the album, Full Through, is like a good solid 8 out of 10, so I think it's really solid, it's really fresh. It came out in like 20, like the end of 2016, so it's a little old, but I still think it's packing a punch for me, so... Right. Um, but getting into our thought of the day, if you guys have stuck around with us, we're going to be talking about Black Mirror. Ooh. Uh, Black Mirror is a, uh, it's not a new TV show on Netflix. It's, it's not. not. It's got like four seasons. It's just re- recently uh, become trendy, and I, you know, sadly, I've become part of that trend, and I've been <laughs> watching it. Um, I know you watched it a little bit before, Kyle. I, I did, yeah. Um, and it's... I mean, if you guys don't know what it is, it's like kind of like futuristic sort of things and different situations, and every episode's different. It's not like a linear storyline. And um, I mean, I know a lot about it, uh, but Kyle, I want to know what you remember or if you've 
uh, what you think about all these futuristic things because they're very close. Like I think some of them, I'm like, oh my god, right? Yeah, no, I um, you know, this this show reminds me of Twilight Zone. I don't know if oh. I, I don't know how many of you have seen Twilight Zone, but Twilight Zone was a show. Um, much like what Tony was describing for Black Mirror, it's um, it's nonlinear, which means it doesn't really follow any sort of like you know kind of concrete storyline. Um, there's there's a different um, kind of plot for every individual episode with different uh, actors and actresses. Yeah, and I, I think that's really cool. And Black Mirror is kind of a kind of a, a modern future dystopian kind of take on I think Twilight Zone. Right. I think that's a good comparison. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah and, I, and there's a lot of really riveting episodes, and it's it's no. acted beautifully. Um, I, I think Black Mirror is British, right? It is British, yeah. and uh, I mean, I would like to go over some of at least a, a few of them and like maybe discuss them, like yeah. of the episodes. I know that there was one where I think they're actually all connected, the episodes, because there was really? one episode I watched where the same music and the same TV show that someone else became a part of was in another episode. So I think that maybe if you were to watch them in a specific order, you could see how the advancements of technology leads up to like maybe the final one, because I haven't finished it. Yeah. But I think somehow if you rearrange them, they might be all connected. Uh, but there was one called where a woman, her phone, you could rate people one out of five stars based on your experience. Yeah. So, like, if our interaction right now, like, rate you five stars, and, like, the top elites would be, like, those 4.6s, 4.7s, and I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, is that what we're going to become? We're going to, we're going to, our lifestyle and what we are based on is going to be by ratings, mm-hmm. like a movie. I think, and, and if, if I could make a point, I think we're already doing that on Instagram. I think you know? you're correct because yeah. a lot of people, and I've been guilty of, of this before, too, although I'm trying to, you know, try to swing away from that. Um, people, you know, some people judge themselves based on how many likes they get on Instagram. And that's a very kind of dangerous mindset to have because you should be posting pictures on Instagram of experiences that you find to be very fulfilling and that make you happy. And I don't think that should be judged. That experience should be judged on how many likes you get. Yeah. As long as you stay true to what you experienced – it, it really shouldn't matter. I mean, of, of course you want to share your you know experience with the world, but nobody should be judging their experiences and what they live on based on how many likes they get on I, I completely agree. I'm even at fault for it, too. I'm yeah. like, man, I mean, like, I don't, you know, on Instagram, Twitter, I mean, I don't have many people who like my stuff or whatever, but that doesn't bother me. And I think it's also a problem for people who do get those hundreds and thousands or even just hundreds. Like, I know people who have, like, 300 likes, 200 yeah. likes, and they're very popular. Mm-hmm. And I think it kind of causes a problem is because, like, you know, for people to interact with them, it's kind of like that elite thing. Like, you wouldn't want to – like, there are some people I'd be like, oh, man, like, they don't want to hang out with me. Like, like I'm nothing compared to them, like those 300 likes, right? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, in that sort of sense. So – and then if they dip b- below something they even had, I'm sure they kind of possibly freak out as well. Mm-hmm. Um so that's kind of how that episode went. Um, I have an episode too. Yeah. Oh, tell me. Fifteen million merits. Did you watch that one? It's the one when they're all on exercise bikes and they have to yes. produce energy. Yes. That, that. That's the. That's the one. I just watched an episode where that one girl who became part of that, you mm-hmm. know, erotic stuff. Yeah. That like program was in another episode. Yeah. It's it's very. Um, you know this this show. I I love it because it's it's not so far away where it's like we're not gonna be you know potentially you know, experiencing stuff like what is being portrayed in right. that show. It's so it's it's dystopian but it's somewhat modern too. And back yeah. to and, and you know and, and back to the Instagram thing, I think, you know, people 
I, I'm not saying everybody does this, and, and if people do it, I'm not judging them at all because I've been guilty of, of that too. I'm yeah. just saying that um, that I think that people should start adopting a mindset where I'm going to share an experience, and I don't care how many likes it gets. I just want to share it with the world because this happened to me, and I, I loved it. I think, I think that's, that's I think that's the point. pure value think, of Instagram. I think that's great what you just said. I and think then, I think that's what we should do. Yeah, and then and then for the 15 million merits episode, it it's it's kind of drawn par, um, parallels to American Idol, kind of. We're like you're yes. on a stage, yeah. and you have to you know perform, and if people don't like that, then you know what does that do to you psychologically? You know, people should not be treated like that because you know you know people are treated like crap in that show. It's especially like the lower level janitors where it's like you know where they have to like clean up around the people that are you know doing the exercise bikes yeah that's that's a, a satire for income oh yeah yeah I mean, in this country you, you bike to get income and stuff like yeah. that and but I will say in that show um it shows that even in something like that in a dystopian future like that there are people who are still good yeah that one guy he had like 15 million or something and it's like what was it like 13 million to get that one girl on the show I think so yes and he spent it all because he because he, he got it like from his brother and I think that you know that was actually beautiful in that moment that you know it doesn't matter how advanced we become it doesn't matter how far we come as a, a people that there will always be those people who are good at in heart exactly and I think that's something that that show displays a lot uh, but that's going to conclude our uh, first episode um, I would like to mention just before we completely end uh, me and Kyle have been looking at platforms uh, to post this on we might be able to be getting it on iTunes we're not quite sure um, they these uh, episodes will still be posted on Facebook though mm-hmm. um, so go check us out on our Facebook page at Millennial Perspectives and we will keep you up to date if we do end up going somewhere else or like being able to post it as well and if we do we'll be putting those links up on our social media as well because as of right now I'm Tony Zisco I'm Kyle Tecca and this is Millennial Perspective. Thank you.